Welcome to Running Deep, a podcast that exists to encourage women to be deeply rooted in the Word of God through every season of life. So tonight we get to talk about your favorite topic, which is running, right? Anybody like to run? Yes. Uh, I used to hate running, like dread it. (laughs) Yeah. Like when I was in school, if the teacher said next week we're going to do the mile run, I would plan on being sick. Like I'm going to be sick next Thursday. Or I'd pretend like I was sick. If it was elementary school, I'd be like, mom, I really don't feel well. I hated running with a passion, and now I love it. Um, And there was one thing that changed between the hate and now the love, and we'll talk about that later. Um, But tonight we get to read and study Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. So go ahead and open it up. Um, We chose a Hebrews passage this time, and for next month we're going to be in Hebrews also. Um, Because we like to keep things cohesive, and it's hard if you're studying um, one thing in your connection group, and many of you are doing the Jonah study, and if we throw another thing at you on these nights, I just feel like it's just too much. So we're going to try to keep things cohesive and talk through some Hebrews passages uh, the next couple months. So let's go ahead and read the text, Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 1 starts off, therefore, since we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Again, when you're reading the Bible, when you see a therefore, you have to stop and ask, what's it there for? So look back at chapter 11, which is what it's talking about. Chapter 11 is the famous Hall of Faith chapter. And um, this chapter lists off multiple examples of people who have gone before us in the race and been examples of faith and endurance. Um, We could spend all night talking about these men and women. Even just as I was studying this, I was like, wow, I forgot about some of these stories. Um, But just to hit on a few, it talks about Abel's God-honoring sacrifice, Enoch walking with God until God just took him home, Um, It talks about Noah, who built a boat without any cloud in sight. Um, Abraham, who packed up his whole family and decided to move them, obeying God before he even knew where they were going. Sarah believed God was faithful enough that she would be pregnant at 90. I can't believe that. Um, Joseph, this is one of my favorite stories, um, Joseph, as he's laying on his deathbed, tells them, you're not going to stay here in Egypt, so pack up my bones, and I don't want to be buried here. I'm going to be buried in the promised land. So those Israelites packed up his bones in faith. So they should be in this text too. 
and carried his bones for 40 years throughout the desert. Can you imagine that? Like, that's faith to be like, don't bury me here because we're not staying here. I just, I love the stories in the Bible and um, go read it. It's a great story. I love it. Um, Moses, he led the Israelites to freedom. Rahab hid the spies. And the list just goes on and on. And at the end, if you read it, it just like boom, boom, boom. Like all these names that you could spend weeks studying um, examples of faith. But don't be fooled. These are amazing runners for the Lord, endurers for God. They're great examples for us to look back on, but they're not perfect. And that's encouraging to me because it's easy to look at that and be like, yeah, they're amazing, but I'm not that. Um, but look back through the, through the list again. You've got Noah, who got drunk as soon as he got off the ark. You've got Sarah, who disbelieved that God could do it. She laughed, and she told her own husband to go commit adultery. I don't think I would do that, so I don't know. Moses was a murderer. Rahab was a prostitute. You can go through the list and see that these people are imperfect, just like we are, and they ran the race with endurance. Um, when you read these stories, I don't know about you, but doesn't it just give you hope and encouragement and it spurs you on? And this is just a complete, total side note, but if um, you just need some encouragement and like, man, I'm just tired and um, I need to be encouraged in my walk with the Lord, go read a few biographies of men and women who have run the race hard. And there's some great bi biographies out there. 21 Servants of Sovereign Joy is like a doozy of a book. It's 21 stories. But it's great to just like work your way through it and be encouraged and spurred on. But yeah, go read a biography. That's just a side note for free. But um, let's jump back in. So we see that we are to look back at the examples. We're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. Um, and then it says, lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. When you look at lay aside every weight and sin, so laying aside, what, what does that look like to lay aside something? That's like, since we're talking about running tonight, that's like going to the gym. You get to the gym, what's the first thing you do in the winter? You take off your hat, your gloves, your boots, your winter coat, put them in the locker. How crazy would that be if you walk into the gym and you see this guy like on the treadmill running like all get up in all of his winter gear? That would make no sense. It'd be like, what are you doing? Take your heavy boots off. They're heavy. It's hard to run when you have heavy things on. Take your boots off. Lay them aside. So when the author says, lay aside every weight and sin, those are two different things. So when you're reading the Bible and you see um, a list or distinctions or contrasting thoughts, you need to stop and take note of it and say, okay, what is the author trying to say? Is he saying um, something particular about these two different things? I didn't catch it at first. I just read through it and was like, all right, we're supposed to lay aside our sin. But it doesn't say that. It says every weight and sin. So I don't exactly know what it means, but from what I can gather, um, weight, um, some commentaries say it can be like 
things that aren't necessarily sin, but that might be a hindrance to running for the Lord. So think about, you know, we talk about um, good things that can become God things, things that can get in the way for running hard after the Lord. In the book of Hebrews, um, the hearers probably needed to hear um, lay aside legalism. That's something that they were dealing with. But just think about in our own life, there are some good things that can still be hindrances for us to run hard after the Lord. And then sin, um, we are to lay aside, put down, run from sin. And the phrasing that it says is, it says, um, we are to lay aside the sin which clings so closely. When you think of clings, I know I can use this in this setting. I think of that 18-month-old that's screaming on a Sunday morning as you're trying to pass it off to Stacy in the toddler room, you know, and they're like, no, mom, please, no. That's the, the clinging um, that you cannot rip it off. It takes every ounce of you to get it off of you. Now, I'm not calling kids sin, but um, that's the type of um, the verbiage that he's using here is clinging. So when we're to take off, lay aside the sin that's clinging to us, it's work. Um, it's not easy to just get rid of sin. We have to work at it. So when something's clinging to you, you've got to rip it off, and it's going to hurt. Just like when you rip those nails out of your shoulder on a Sunday morning, it's going to hurt. Um, and when we strip off that sin, it might look like confessing to someone um, or um, coming before your husband and saying you're sorry. Um, it can be painful, but it is so worth it because if we don't and we try to run the race, we can only run so long with those weights and the sin before we just cannot run any longer. Um, so we look... One, to the examples. If you're a note taker, I like this. So one, we look to the examples before us. Two, we lay aside our weight and sin. Three, we're to run. Run with endurance. The race that's set before us. Let us run with endurance. The race that is set before us, looking to Jesus. This word run is treko. It's the Greek word. I'm kind of a, a word nerd, so excuse my nerding out here. But treko is a Greek word used for someone who's running with haste. Um, it's like the thinking about someone who is sprinting at the end of a race with all their might. They're using every ounce of energy that they have, um, and they're pushing every muscle to the very last limit. This isn't a jog. This is a sprint with all your might. The same word was used for Mary in John 20. If you remember, Mary comes to the tomb and she sees the empty tomb. And it says she turns and she runs. And how beautiful to think that the same word is used for us um, just to think, like, Mary ran with the same good news that we are to run with. 
Just think about that for a minute. Mary ran to the disciples to tell them, and we're to run to the world with the same good news. So I don't think Mary was like, la, 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 I've got some good news. No, she would have been like, my savior, my friend, my rabbi, the tomb is empty. I have good news. It wouldn't be a light to jog. She would have ran. She would have sprinted to tell them. So we're to run with endurance. Endurance is a persistence, a steadfastness, a consistency. When you think of a runner, um, what do you think of? A good runner is someone who can run at a steady pace for a long time until they reach their goal. It's not someone who's going to just run for a little bit and sit down. Emily. <laughs> Sometimes it's okay to rest. We'll talk about that later. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. Um, but remember when I said I hated running, I dreaded it. Um, and then I had Naomi, and I was ready to just try something new. I was tired of my workout routine, and I was like, all right, let's give this a shot. So I started running, and I ran a little bit, and a little bit more, and a little bit more, and then finally I was like, oh my word, I think I just liked that run. And then I ran some more, and some more, and when you do something over and over, and you continue to do it, you might actually begin to like it. Just like time in God's word, time in prayer, Time even with the body. Sometimes as believers, it's like, this is hard work, but keep doing it. It takes practice. And um, continually, I just started adding to running, and I actually liked it. And we can like reading God's word. It's just consistency and continuing on to work at it. Um, after a while, I was like, all right, I'm bored. I get bored with things really easily, so... I was like, okay, let's try to set a goal. So I looked up a plan to run a, a half marathon. I was like, all right, let's try this plan. Um, and it, most plans, there, there's a bunch of different ones, but most plans are like run a little bit every day and then have a long run each week. And then every week you add to that. So you run, let's say, three miles Monday through Thursday, Friday, you have your long run. And then Saturday, what do you do? You rest. Too many rest days when you're working towards a half marathon or a marathon, you're not going to run that race. You're not going to make it. But too many long runs, you're going to get hurt and you're going to get to that race day and you're not going to be able to run at all. So we have to find that balance as believers of running too hard and never resting, you're going to get hurt. God didn't design us to run without a Sabbath, but <laughs> he also didn't design us to rest all the time and never run. Um, so tonight we're going to talk about running. Next month, Emily is going to talk about resting for us. So I won't steal your thunder. We can talk about resting next month. But um, we'll keep going. Um, when you run with endurance, um, let's go back to the text. It says, 
Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to what? To Jesus. That's our goal. That's our prize. When you think, okay, I'm supposed to run hard after what? After Jesus. He is our goal and our prize. We're to fix our eyes. Some translations say, um, fix our eyes to Jesus. My translation says looking to Jesus. Um, But the word fix, when we fix our eyes on Jesus, our eyes don't move. When we're running the race with endurance, we can't look left or right. We need to look to Jesus. And it's so easy. I am always tempted to look left and right when I'm running this race. And I don't know about you guys, but this really hit home for me. In comparison, we're so quick to compare. We're so quick to be like, well, what is she doing? How far is she in the race? How is she doing? She's a really cute mom. She's a good mom. Wow, look at her. She's studying and she's doing this and she's doing this and she can serve here. And how does she find time to do that? What am I doing? I'm just looking here, 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 and not focusing on my goal, my prize, which is Jesus, and running hard after that. And if we could all do that, if we could all just run focusing on Jesus, think about all that we could accomplish rather than just looking left and right and comparing and fighting and arguing um, or becoming bitter towards one another, we could do so much more if we would just fix our eyes on Jesus and run hard after him. And then while we're running, what can you do? When you're running with someone, you can cheer them on and you can say, come on, let's go, let's do this. But you're not looking at what they're doing. You're just cheering them on and let's go, let's do this. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Um, we can also get distracted not only from looking left and right at people, we can get distracted just by seasons of life, by what's going on in life. Um, Jake and I, uh, when we first got married, we lived in Chicago for several years, and it was amazing. I loved it. I think about it all the time. Um, But Jake went to Moody's had the blessing of living right downtown in the married student housing, which we would never have been able to afford that neighborhood otherwise. Um, Think like if you're ever in Chicago, Gucci, Prada, Juice, like that road, if you're ever like shopping on that road, we got to live like on that street. It was amazing, but we'll never live there again (laughs) on that street. Um, But every year in October, they have the Chicago Marathon. And if you are ever in Chicago on that weekend, go downtown. It's amazing to watch. It's incredible. Um, But our apartment building was in between Wells and LaSalle. Well, the run always goes down Wells about mile seven and then back down LaSalle about mile 15. So we would walk down or ride the elevator down and then we'd come out and we'd watch the race every year. 
cheer on. We had several friends that would run it, um, cheer on the people. Um, you come out there, you watch the beginning of, of the races, like these crazy fast Nigerians that just like fly past you. You're like, you've been running for seven miles already. How are you? I don't know. And then they come flying past 15 miles and it's crazy. So you see them go by first and then you see the incredible men and women of strength who entered the Chicago Marathon with some sort of physical disability that I would just bawl as I'm watching them run by because I'm like, I can't run a marathon and I have both my legs. Like, and you're running this, it's just incredible. And then all of a sudden you just see this sea of runners come down the street and then it's just for hours, it's just seas of runner runners like continuing to go by so much so you can't cross the street so it's a Sunday morning we're supposed to be going to church you can't cross the street so you're going to watch the marathon instead of go to church Um, but just imagine if we were standing out there watching the marathon and you know you're watching all these runners runners and all of a sudden there's these group of women that are running the race and all of a sudden they just all kind of like go off into the Starbucks on the corner and just, like, have coffee. Like, I'd be like, what are you doing? You're running the race. Like, now is not the time for coffee. <laughs> Keep going. It's totally normal to stop and take a drink of water. It's totally normal to stop and go to the bathroom, maybe even walk a little bit, but never would you see a runner in the marathon stop for coffee or stop for a bite to eat. That's just not okay, not normal. But how many of us get distracted with seasons of life or times of life where we're like, yeah, I'm just gonna take a break for a while because, you know, I just got married and we're trying to figure things out. Or, you know what, this season of life, it's just too hard. I've got a lot of little kids in my house. Or, you know, I just, we're really busy with all of our sports, and it's just, it's hard right now. Or, I've got grandbabies. Or maybe I've run this race a really long time, and I'm just going to let the young ones run it now. We can so easily be distracted, and Satan wants to tempt us to believe that it's okay to stop running for seasons of life and just give up for a while. And that is not okay. In the Bible, it doesn't ever tell us to stop running hard after Jesus. And I don't want this to sound insensitive at all, because I know there are seasons of life where your running is going to look a lot different than other seasons. And I get it. Um, Your running may turn into a very slow jog. That's okay. You're still moving towards the goal. You haven't stopped and totally abandoned the race. But what I'm talking to is when we get so distracted by the things around us that we just completely abandon and we stop running for the Lord. And um, if that's you tonight, I just want to spur you on and say, it is time to run and run for Jesus. But the 
amazing, great promise is that we don't have to do it in our own strength. Um, we're told in Second Peter 1.3 that his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. And I quote that passage to myself almost every day when I'm like, I cannot do this. Or, you know, my kid's throwing a fit and we're supposed to be heading out the door. Or we've got company coming in and it's like, ah, hey, great to see you. Got a screaming kid in the back. Just a minute. Um, but God has given us everything we need. So you don't have to be afraid to run because he's already run the race. Look at the next part of the passage. We're to look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So Jake actually kind of touched on this at the end of his sermon on Sunday, but we're to look to Jesus, the per our perfection, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Um, Jake talked about him being the starter, the trailblazer, the trendsetter. He has gone before us in this race so we can follow after him. And he's also perfecting us as we run. So we can go boldly on our race knowing that one, God gives us the strength that we need. He's gone before us. And when we look to Jesus, remember those examples in Hebrews 11? Jesus is the perfect example. So just, just like Rahab, sure, she's an example, but she wasn't perfect. Jesus is our perfect example, and he's our prize, our goal. We can look to him with full confidence. And he showed us how we can look to a prize it says he endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. What's that joy? The joy is knowing that he was enduring the cross so that we would be united with God forever and ever and that God would be glorified in it. So Jesus looked to his prize for joy and we can look to Jesus as our prize and joy. So it says he despised the shame, sat down at the right hand of God, Think about when you sit down at the end of a race. What does that mean? It's done. Jesus has finished the race. He's accomplished the work, and he's sitting at the right hand of God so that we can run with confidence. And he has promised that he's going to finish the work that he started in us. Uh, Philippians 1.6, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus. Women were to run hard and know that Jesus is going to complete the work that he started in us. It is hard to run. And I know some seasons are ugly. And some, some seasons are really painful to run through. But the valleys that we run through and the mountaintops that we climb so desperately trying to reach those mountains, the aspects of God's character that we can see from those views are so much better than sitting in the grassy plains of comfort if we just sat on the sidelines.
I was talking to Jake about this message and just wrestling through um, the applications in my life. Um, And one of them is just choosing to continue to run in those hard times. Um, Another one that Jake pointed out that I was not expecting was he said, yeah, you think you hated running um, because you hated running. I was like, yeah. He's like, well, you didn't. It's because you're afraid of failure. I was like, yeah, you're right. And how many times am I so fearful to get in the race because I'm afraid that I'm not going to do a good job or that I'm going to fail at something instead of just stepping out in faith and knowing that God's going to give us what we need to run this race and we don't have to worry. We don't have to worry that we're not good enough um, or that uh, we're going to fail. So we all have a lot of excuses for maybe why we're not running, maybe why um, we're fearing to jump in. Maybe it's a stage of life. Um, Maybe we're running too hard. In a room full of leaders, I know that there are some of us that we can be tempted to just run and run and run and never take a break to rest. Never Sabbath at all. Um, maybe we're running with the wrong goal. Maybe our goal isn't Jesus. Maybe our goal is to raise successful children or our goal is to have a happy marriage or a successful career. Um, But our goal is to be found in delighting in Jesus, growing a knowledge of him and asking everyone around us to join us in that run for Jesus. Remember, we don't have to do this alone. Um, Just look around and delight in the fact that we all get to run together and we don't have to do it on our own strength. Um, I know that sometimes when we talk um, about these topics, especially with leaders, it's kind of like, oh my word, I feel like I'm running so hard already. Um, Don't be discouraged. Don't let this passage discourage you. Let it spur you on and to know that we're not our own strength. If you feel tired and weary, lean into Jesus who has gone before us um, and know that he has run this race so that we can run hard after him and lean into his strength um, that we can see it to completion in, in the day of Christ. 